0: This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at upcase.com.
1: We're almost done with week one of the regular season, so I'm obsessing over
0: stats. Mm. You know. Yeah, I was doing the same last night, looking at standings. Yeah.
1: Cleveland is, we're playing Cleveland right now, and they're just, like, crushing us with strikeouts. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um. But we are somehow not like we had twelve strikeouts last night, and I think we're up to like we were at eight strikeouts today in the fourth inning. So it's like it's twenty strikeouts over two days, which is that actually after today we might be in first because the only people the the Padres are in first right now with like thirty two strikeouts I think over three games.
0: You mean that they were struck out? They were struck pitchers? out. They were struck out. Oh uh, Well, yeah, when your first two games are against Clayton Kershaw and Zach Granke, yeah. that's going to happen. Did they get swept? No. Who got swept? Someone got swept already. The Brewers. The Brewers. The, Rock- <laughs> the Rockies swept the Brewers in three <laughs> games. And we live in this strange universe right now where the Rockies are the top of the NL West. <laughs> but things are still correct where the Padres and the um, and the D-backs are at the bottom. Nice. Good. So it's, re- oh. it's relatively normal. Sorry, someone almost just hit George Springer a pitch. Are, are you watching the
1: game? Maybe. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just here. It's on. You know, it's over here. Sure. <laughs> it was close. It was, sorry. Okay. I, I won't pay attention to that. I promise. Hey, everybody. This is
0: Gordon in Boston. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. What's up? How's your day going? Uh, actually battling technology mm. all morning. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything is failing me. Mm-hmm. Getting really annoyed. Yeah. What have you been fighting with then?
1: Xcode. You and Tony. You
0: and Tony have been fighting with Xcode. Six three. Yeah. Trying to get a new build of Poppins mm-hmm. sent up to test flight with Xcode six three. But the problem is, is that it is not generating valid iOS app archives. Mm. When you archive it, you end up with this generic Xcode archive, mm-hmm. which um, which the new organizer in Xcode will helpfully not let you submit since it's not valid.
1: Right. right. right.
0: But um, I spent the better part of an hour and a half this morning trying to get it to actually properly archive, even to the point where I was doing it um, with Xcode build at the command line to try to see more output. hmm and I saw that it was creating what it called... Um, or it, it couldn't export the archive because it said that the archive was not a single bundle hmm. archive. I'm not super clear on what was happening there. Tony finally just got it to work properly by just manually changing the archive. And like moving some Swift support folder up to the root. I, and then <laughs> adding an info plist. And then I guess I can, that works.
1: I can... I can he said he was doing that and I was like, There's no way. <laughs> like, there's work. no way that's gonna work. Like it can't be that stupid that it's literally just dependent on some arbitrary folder structure. <laughs> and yet he was able to install it on his phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I got the update over <laughs> test flight. everything went fine.
0: That's crazy. So that was first part of my morning.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have any clues on what's happening there?
0: Not at all. The fact that he fixed it by moving that Swift support folder makes me wonder if it's just something specific to Swift. Mm-hmm. Compiled apps and, and frameworks. Like, I'd assume if this was a bigger issue, there would be tons of people talking about it on the dev forums, so but there's only a couple of threads. Right. So I don't know if it's some weird specific problem with the Poppins project. Okay. Is it the way the frameworks are being built? Is it the way the frameworks are being linked? I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough information to say why, but something in Xcode build archive is broken. Yeah. Or not working. How it used to with our project.
1: That's always disconcerting when you run into something that's totally repeatable on your end, but you can't find a trace of it online. Mm-hmm. Like I was fighting with about 5 minutes ago. I was fighting with Segment IO their iOS SDK because i brought it in as a cocoapod all we need is the core integration stuff so they have like a subspec specifically just for segment if you don't know segment io they're a pretty great analytics tool they have a lot of like um you can send stuff into segment io and then kind of send it out to any service that you want so it's almost like a like an api front end for analytics right is that a pretty good um yeah. That's my understanding of IO uh, anyway.
0: Yeah. It's like an analytics router. Right. Like you send data to analytics and then they turn around and handle forwarding that along. To so you whoever. can have an existing app in the store and then you just go to your, uh, your Segment dashboard and say, I want Localytics now. Right. Turn on integration.
1: Right. And now it just sends stuff to Localytics instead of sending it to... I think Google that works Android, without sort of. an update. You, yeah, I mean, I know that. I know that if you just use their core integration directly, and you use server-side integrations, so all you're talking to is the Segment IO service. Then you can, on the server side, you can tell that data to go wherever you want. So in this case, my client they really want to own this data. So what they actually just need is they just need like an API front end, right? Somewhere to send the data, and then they're going to pipe this out into their own thing, and so Segment makes that really, really easy to do. But so I brought in, I added the CocoaPod. Um, I don't want to bloat this CocoaPod by pulling in. They have, an, you know, they, this CocoaPod has like subspecs for every possible integration, so you can you can use the Segment IO SDK to interact with like Google Analytics and localytics and mixed panel and whatever else. You can use it to talk to those services directly, or you can just use it to talk to segment I.O. and then let segment IO handle farming out to all the other places. And so that's what we're trying to do. So I bring in the COCOPOD for Segment I.O. And then try to build it and I get a build error every single time. I just get a build error that is coming from the umbrella header. So we're using frameworks because we have Swift pods. So there's a error in the umbrella header for the Swift module that says it can't find this kind of important header file. I can find the important header file. It's there. It's in the Xcode index. It says it's linked properly. But for whatever reason, when it's building that pod, it can't find it. And once I kind of hit that, I was like – I have absolutely no idea how to fix this because, (laughs) because again, like CocoaPods is this kind of like magic black box thing where I'm like, if this isn't building, I don't even know that this is from segment IO. Like CocoaPods put together this build, this header, you know, this umbrella header, CocoaPods put together this module stuff to build this framework, not them. So I, I'm not sure if it's a segment I.O. problem, if it's something that's wrong with their pod spec, if it's something that's wrong with CocoaPods Pods itself, if it's an incompatibility with their CocoaPod and the frameworks option. Like there's a possibility that because we're using it with frameworks instead of libraries or bundles that something there is getting messed up. I kind of am completely clueless. So like just shot off an email to the support team and I'm like. I don't know, man. This stuff is kind of broken, and now I'm working on bug fixes and trying to take stuff, you know, small tasks to kind of work on while I wait to see if they're going to reply.
0: If you don't hear back, they are located right above our typical coffee walk place. Oh, yeah. So So I can just go pound on their door and, hey. I might do that. (laughs) Your issue is kind of like the issue I was having in that there's so many points of failure right possible points of failure that we can't see into
1: yeah and it's an extremely specific example it's always the same file that's missing cleaning doesn't help cleaning the build folder doesn't help deleting the derived data doesn't help restarting xcode doesn't help reinstalling cocoapods doesn't help none of the kind of the brute force things that i would normally try are helping and yet a google search for this turns up absolutely nothing a search inside their repo turns up absolutely nothing there are no open issues there are no closed issues nothing <laughs> and it's like there, but again there are just so many things here am i the first person to try this pod in xcode 6.3 am i the first person to try this pod with frameworks am i first person to try this pod you know on that CocoaPods pods version on that CocoaPods pods version yeah um i'm pointing it head head isn't fixed it's like i honestly have no idea I do wonder if this is something that would have been clearer in Carthage, not to kind of start that fight, but you know what I mean? Like this is something that, again, there are a bunch of different points of failure here because of how much Cocopods is doing. There are fewer moving parts with Carthage. Right, and so if this was just shipped as a framework, as an Xcode project that builds a framework, there are less moving parts. Right, they have to set up their Xcode project properly, and then Xcode build has to work properly. It's kind of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's two points of failure, and it's obvious when one of those isn't working, and it's obvious how to fix that. Right, if if their project isn't set up properly, I could go in and fix the project. This I'm honestly not sure where to start.
0: Just kind of frustrating. Yeah, I think you're just gonna have to wait.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm doing, and There's so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like pulling you know I'm pulling bugs and other stuff off the the backlog to stay busy, but I don't like that I don't like that feeling of like mm-hmm. seeing a thing and just being like, not a clue, don't know where to start, don't know who to ask. <laughs> you know?
0: Since you mentioned Xcode build, mm-hmm. I'll just talk about. Sure. my my other My other issue I was having with 6.2, and that persisted with after installing 6.3, and in mm-hmm. then I could never do a Carthage bootstrap mm-hmm. because it would completely fall apart when it tries to compile. Um, in this case, llama kit. Mm-hmm. The main error said that like it basically said, make sure you have xcode.app installed on a drive or on a um, on a disk that has ownership enabled. Mm. okay it seems like a weird permissions thing but mm. sure enough you know check disk utility it's on mm-hmm. no problems there um the error output was so long that i couldn't even copy it all even with um iterm 2's infinite scrollback history mm-hmm. enabled it mm-hmm. was just too much it was more than it was more than <laughs> infinite
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah um, it's like a Kid. Because it, yeah. it, it was throwing an error for, like, every single symbol that it couldn't find uh-huh. because there was something wrong when it was trying to hit the SDK, like, in my, you know, developer mm-hmm. directory. So delete Xcode, reinstall Xcode, no dice. I finally had to completely blow out library slash developer. And did that? Just nuke it. Did that fix it? Yeah. And kill and nuked Xcode, redownloaded it from the app store, and that finally fixed it. Weird so something was just wrong I don't know if it was like I was like munging versions because like one was like I had a, couple, a few betas installed at one time and then yeah. the app store version and then I don't know what I might have done that was a more common issue that if you sort of Google around hmm. it's been happening to people since 6.2 weird I'm not sure what happened but the yeah blowing out the developer directory worked well that's good at least for me this got it fixed and I was like, "Yeah, I can contribute to pop-ins. I'm going to try to help Tony submit this bill." <laughs> and then you ran into and the nope. Set.
1: <laughs> nice. What else? I um finished that alert thing. Came out pretty nice. Yeah, I saw that. I don't remember what the problem is that we were talking about last week. I, I ended up I ended up being basically doing exactly what we thought we were going to do, using like a desired size computed variable on the alert view controller that told the, the presentation controller, how big to draw itself. There was like a lot of weird temporal coupling issues to work through throughout this whole thing, which was kind of bizarre, you know, like deciding when that desired size thing was going to get set. We were setting it directly or I was setting it directly for a while. And then at some point I moved it to a computed property instead of, setting it directly and that just cleared up so many things because he was like trying to set it at the right point in the timeline and led to having to understand way too much about what order things were getting called in i added the ability to add a message to the top of this alert thing and so like i used a section header for that And that led to a bunch of other things about, like, well, this label has to size itself, and then that has to, you know, if once the label's sizing itself, then that should tell the content size how big to be, which will then tell the. You know what I mean? It was just like this whole chain of things that had to happen before desired size could be calculated properly.
0: Yeah. It was like that label needed a width so that we could calculate how tall it it would render its text so that we could make sure that at that point, you know, desired size isn't being consulted until that thing actually has a height. (laughs) But then, of course, that's all dependent on that desired size being in place before. Right.
1: Right. It was very... There were a bunch of like chicken and the egg things where it was like... There was also a weird temporal thing that something changed. I still don't know what the hell it was, and it kind of bothers me that I don't know what it was. But something absolutely changed between 8.2 and 8.3. I've been designing this whole time in in the simulator on 8.3, and I got it looking great. And then when I loaded it on my phone, which was on 8.2 at the time, it had a bunch of padding at the bottom, like extra padding. I was like, what the hell? And so I removed the extra padding... Got it looking good on my phone. And then when I went back into the simulator, it it was clipping the bottom. It was like, crap. (laughs) I don't know what is different between these two versions, but something is different. Ended up putting 8.3 on my phone to make sure that it wasn't like a simulator issue. And it was clipping on my phone too. So it was definitely something between 8.2 and 8.3. I think, again, the issue here, the, ant- the way I was able to fix it was to remove even more temporal coupling around when things are getting set. There was – basically what was happening is that on 8.2, when it asked for the header size, the header size somehow already knew the width of the table view, right? So something was – something was already telling the view that it should be about 300 points wide, which was telling the table view to be 300 points minus some padding wide, which was telling the label that it could be that same width, which was then saying, okay, now I know that I'll be this tall. And so on 8.2, that was happening and it was working. But then on 8.3, it was changing the order that it was consulting things. So the label didn't have a, or it had a width that was too wide. it basically ended up doing two layout passes. The label width was too wide, right, so it calculated the height improper the overall content height improperly. But then, when it actually laid it out, the label got the correct width, so it got the correct height, so
0: it clipped like the bottom of the buttons basically mm-hmm. so even up, so on the second layout pass. The content size ended up being incorrect.
1: Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. The content size was correct the second time, but it was incorrect the first time because the label wasn't laid out properly. So it thought that it had 500 points in height content size instead of 520 points in content size, basically. And so that was changing between layout passes. So I basically had to – I didn't hard code the – Width of the label, but I do know, like I already had a content uh, a constant for, you know how wide this thing should be, so I just used that constant and then subtracted some padding, in order to tell the label this is how wide you're supposed to be. Now tell me how tall you're supposed to be, and then I'll tell the instead of instead of what I was doing before is I was telling the label size to fit. At some point, I was saying size yourself. I had overridden size that fits on this label subclass so that it took the font into account and the line spacing and all that nonsense. So I overrode size that fits and I was using size to fit like inside height for header in section or whatever. But that felt really weird because it was like, it felt like a side effect of that. So instead, now I'm just asking the cell. Hey, if you, I'm using size that fits directly and saying, like, you use a, you know, the size, it should be this wide and then max height, CG float dot, float dot max height. And you tell me what size you think you should be, and then I will just pull the height from that and return that, which sizes that section header properly, which then means that the label will be sized properly because it gets its frames set by the table view. Does that make any sense? I felt really... Yeah. It's so kind of squirrely and like there's... It's it's spaghetti-ish in behavior.
0: It's hard to kind of visualize. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the right solution is there. Having that sort of like circular logic with regard to layout. Yeah.
1: Kind of where it is now, I think, is the least circular and the least... I, I, I think I've removed basically all of the temporal coupling, like at least all the temporal coupling that wouldn't result in a crash if you just did it totally, totally wrong. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff isn't going to work if the view doesn't load first, right? So you're not going to be able to get the desired height or the desired size of the table view if the table view hasn't loaded its view yet because it will crash because none of those IB outlets are going to be set. So there's Hmm. that kind of temporal coupling. But once that's set up, everything else just kind of figures itself out and does so without needing to touch too many other things. Do you
0: think auto layout could have saved you?
1: I think auto layout would have saved some of this, but it also would have added baggage in other ways because of it would have meant I either had to ditch the table view, which I think the ta- using a table view for this saved me a hell of a lot of time. And like I said, a couple sh- – last was that last episode when I was talking about this first, I guess, where mm-hmm. if I didn't use a table view, it would mean adding buttons to a view programmatically and that would mean either dealing with adding and removing constraints – constantly or kind of fudging one bottom constraint and then tying everything to the one above it and and then how does that deal with the fact that like you know i ended up doing what you said about like well this is going to need to scroll so like you know we have one particularly huge alert view that you know, is like seven or eight options and it looks great on a six and it looks great on a six plus plenty of room. You start putting that thing on a five or a four S when you put it on a four S it's way too big. <laughs> so we have to change the content. We have to change the size of this thing to fit some predetermined bounds and then scroll it. Well, if I was doing that without a table view, that would have been a pain in the ass, right? Cause I would have had to deal with a scroll view at that point directly. When I did that here, it was literally as simple as when I calculate the desired size, I check the height against – well, I don't even check the height. I take the uh, the max – no, the min. I take the minimum between this kind of max height constant that I've set up, which is the height of the screen minus padding. Right, so if I say I want ten points on the top and the bottom, so that this thing looks still looks like it's floating in the middle of the screen, right? So I take the size of the screen minus twenty, and I say that's my max height runtime constant, and then I just take the minimum between that and the content size, and then I just return that as the height of for the desired size, and then in view will or view did appear, oh, this is something I learned in view did appear, I check to see is our height the max height because if it is enable scrolling right there's obviously this one case where if you manage to add the perfect number of buttons with the perfect sized header we might end up with an alert view that happens to be the exact size of the max height in which case You'd have scrolling and bouncing kind of would be turned on. But, uh, you know, I think that's so improbable that I'm not worried about it. Doing that with auto layout directly it would have been a huge pain in the ass. You know, I just think it Mm -hmm. would have been I don't think it would have been worth the time I spent on it at all. So then the only other thing to do would have been to use auto layout inside cells or headers or something, but I don't think that would have given us anything either. If, we would have used, if I would have used a cell for that um, header view instead of a section header, then it would have meant having to all of a sudden now I got to deal with dynamic height cells because this this section header could be, I don't know, there's no real restriction on how much copy
0: people put in this thing. But the dynamic height stuff is really good in iOS 8, right? Like you you almost have to – there's nothing to do.
1: It's good, but it's still not as easy as just returning a height, you you know, especially if you're using auto layout because you still have to tell the thing to lay itself out, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think this is the right – I think this is the right thing to do and it feels nice. I did learn that this kind of weirded me out. I said that I check the height on view did appear, right, to turn on scrolling because if you're using a UI presentation controller, view will appear, gets called before the frame is set. So, so when view will appear, gets called on something that you're presenting through a UI presentation controller, it's getting called and the frame is 600 by 600. Hmm. Because it hasn't been sized down to whatever size you're telling it to be yet. And then it's presented. So there's no way to do something. Assuming you want to do anything with the frame or look at the frame or, you know, inspect any of that stuff yourself. There's no way to do that between view will appear. Well, basically before view did appear. That's the first time that you have access to the frame as it exists properly.
0: Well, I would expect view did layout subview gets called in between those two. Maybe Probably. Because if you think about it how it might be implemented, it's doing you know add child view controller right on your view controller and then adding its view to its view, and at that point, layout should happen and then it calls you know did move to parent view controller itself, and then that ends up invoking view did appear on you um, view, will so yeah, appear I or view did appear. Sorry, the add child view controller should do the view will appear for you, right? I think. And then once the view is actually on screen, then
1: it kind of cycles down and says, tells all of its child views that view did appear, right?
0: Right. Um, there are some some interesting things in the eight point three release notes. Yeah. Um, specifically around, well, they used UI button as an example, but they said, you know, if you're creating a button using the typical button with type and you have code that is dependent on like the frame of one of its subviews mm-hmm. say like title label or image view mm-hmm. you have to do you have to force a layout pass on the button before you can access those and expect them to be correct hmm. so that kind of tells me that the private hierarchies of the ui kit controls are starting to move to auto layout oh yeah great. yeah you mentioned that to me yeah what i thought was odd though they even have sample code. You know, it's like button with type, you know, system, whatever, and then they show you calling or sending layout if needed mm-hmm. to the button, and then accessing its frame to see what it is. It makes me wonder why don't they just do layout if needed at the end of button with type? Like they're about to give you a thing back, right? themselves. You know, we, we reasonably expect this thing to be in like a stable state right out of the factory, right? Why is it not already had a layout pass, right? Um, maybe because it's expensive. So they don't want to do it in all cases when you might not need it because like, maybe you don't care until it actually gets put in a view hierarchy. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's probably why. Um, but that's interesting because things kind of half being on auto layout and half not has been a little painful, like around um, section headers and table view headers and, and... Cells. Trying to get that stuff to auto size. Yeah, well, cells are you know like a special case that was handled in iOS 8, right? But the sort of additional views in table view... I have no concept of that. So, like, if I wanted a you know a resizing table header view, I've had to nil it out and mm-hmm. reassign it mm-hmm. because I get you know maybe it's caching that height on the way in. Mm-hmm. It looks at the view coming in and says, "Oh, this is your height," saves it off, and it doesn't get cleared until you nil out that table header view. Mm-hmm. So, if you ever tried, you know, if that view you were assigning was itself an auto layout view with constraints, and you would try to you know resize it, doesn't work. Mm. So, I would really appreciate everything just kind of we can just assume that like everything we work with is auto layout awesome
1: yeah moving to a single idiom will just going to be nicer in general mm-hmm. get rid of that stupid uh, automatically translate auto resizing masks into constraints nonsense
0: that'd be great Yep.
1: shit I had something else
0: oh I just have more fun tidbits that I've discovered just working on this latest project yeah um, an interesting one is that the ui keyboard will show will hide mm-hmm. notifications mm-hmm. now get sent inside of an animation block but only on ios8 what does that mean that means that when you you know give the notification center a selector to invoke when the keyboard appears or will appear that code that you put in that method is running inside of an animation block hmm. so if you you can just make changes to the frame and stuff and they'll be animated alongside the keyboard so basically you don't you no longer have to worry about the, you know, getting the duration out of the notification, getting the curve out and bit shifting it left 16 <laughs> to, to like the proper, you know, animation option right. to make sure that the curve matches as well. It, it seems that you can just put code in there and then sort of expect it to be animated alongside the keyboard, but that doesn't work on iOS 7. And I confirmed it by checking on both versions. And when that method was called, you know, I was moving, uh, what did I do? I dumped the animation keys on some layer a view that i was moving and on eight the like animation keys for bounds and position were present Mm -hmm. and on seven i got an empty array back which meant Hmm. that there was we were not in an animation block basically Hmm. so i thought that was interesting yeah kind of a, a way to work around that weird mismatch between like right keyboard animation curves which i've always thought is was odd it would be
1: nice if that would move away from a I think it would be nice to if that would just move away from a notification based API
0: entirely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it would be cool if it kind of followed how like the transition coordinator works. Hmm. Um where you yeah. can you can grab a transition coordinator mid transition and say animate alongside something and right. it you put code in there and it it worries about you know performing that code inside of a block when it's pushing a view controller on or showing a modal yeah if there was some sort of like keyboard transition or like keyboard animation coordinator that i could just attach arbitrary code to yeah that'd be cool although with input views and input accessory views it's almost not super necessary only in a few cases you know where you'd have to like adjust the insets of a scroll view or something in response to the keyboard
1: yeah I just say, like, dealing with kind of these presentation APIs recently has been so nice. Like, and it just feels like stuff that would have just been hacky, 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 hacky to do. Like, even in seven, you know, but definitely in six, it would have been horrible to do these things. And having these, these kind of things available and not having to have them tied to specific objects. Like, just being able to do, like... Well, I guess UI presentation controller is a concrete subclass. But, like, I'm thinking about the animators themselves. You know, those, anima- those animation objects, the, the fact that those can just be things. I mean, they still have to be NSObject subclasses, but at least they can be their own thing. They don't have to be some instance of some, you know, concrete class
0: with all that baggage that comes with those, you know. And, and they're so sort of reusable yeah just by way of how the how the protocols are defined and the way that you are sort of forced to conform it's really hard to make you know an animator object or like a a transition it's like ui view controller transitioning animator yeah it's you know you make those things conform and it's really hard to make them like not reusable right like they just deal with views and like they give you this context and it's like right everything happens in the container view here's where we're coming from here's where we're going to that's really cool. Right. I want to see more open source transitions of those. Yeah. Um, there's some really good ones. In, have you seen this NYT Photo Viewer open source? Like no. photo photo sort of light box control no. that they wrote for the New York Times app. Hmm. Really, really, really good. Really good. Like I looked at the code. And I realized this sounds kind of um, self-important, I guess. <laughs> but I was like looking at the code. And I was like, this looks like code I would write.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, I like this. Yeah, that's I know probably what
0: you why I like it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's like an interactive dismiss, dismissal controller in there. There's like a, a special animator that does different things. Like if you set a starting and ending view on it, it does that sort of like jumping off the page transition. Mm, mm-hmm. If you don't set starting or ending, it just does like a normal fade. Mm-hmm. You can pan to dismiss, like in Facebook. Great, awesome. Anyway, that's cool. What else? Anything
1: important? Miss anything?
0: not really started out kind of kind of down on our tools i think we brought it around mhm mhm being pretty positive
1: yeah six i mean in all seriousness though 6.3 was released yesterday swift 1.2 is released yesterday i think that's awesome you know 6.3 having bugs isn't exactly new for xcode versions so you know but like you know having swift 1.2 available is making a lot of things a lot easier. It means this means that Argo 1.0 is going to be released like any day now. It might be released by the time this comes out depends on how much time I have to get some of these pull requests in. But like it, it's so much nicer working in Xcode 6.3. I know you haven't been doing that much Swift stuff, but like we were on this project, this is a non-trivial app that I'm working on and we were working in Swift 1.1 with in, in Xcode 6.2 and it was absolutely miserable, like completely horribly miserable, just constantly multiple minutes long build times, you know, five, six minutes for a build. It's like, Jesus Christ, hitting, hitting build and then literally forgetting what I was doing while it just sits and says compiling native Swift or compiling Swift sources or whatever. It's like all that's gone Uh, you know, and then that's just on top of all the improvements to Swift flat map being available, um, set being available, uh, multiple if let multiple unwrapping if lets. I don't even know what to call that freaking thing, you know, but where you can do like if let foo equals bar baz equals you know, you can like Mm -hmm. unwrap multiple things, you can have like a conditional in there as well, so you can say like. If this unwraps and this unwraps and this unwraps and this thing is true, then do this, else do that. Really, really kind of complicated, very complex conditional stuff you can do in Swift 1.2. It's exciting to have that stuff out and available, especially as like a framework author, maintainer, where it's been kind of a pain in the ass the past few months because we've had to manage – Swift 1.1 versions and Swift 1.2 versions and constantly having to say, like, you're using master. Stop using master. Master doesn't work on Swift 1.1. You're obviously on Swift 1.1. Go use this tag. You know, that was just kind of annoying. And now we don't have to do that anymore, at least for a
0: while. So. How does the, uh, how does the incremental build stuff work in Swift? Is that an explicit build setting or is that like a side effect of your optimization level not a a clue absolutely no idea because i was reading that swift blog post this morning about using final final and and private for Mm -hmm. optimizations and it sounds like in release builds you'd want whole module optimization turned on because the compiler can see the whole thing right and, and make better optimizations but i was wondering is that is that something that just kind of comes along with a slower optimization setting like on a release build or what so I assume you want that on for release and you want it off for debugging and development. Right. Well, it's like the optimizations
1: in general, right? The optimiz- all the optimizations are turned off for debug builds and only turned on for release builds, which is historically with Swift, you know, the short his- history, but historically with Swift, that has been a source of a lot of problems, even for us. We're like, it- it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to optimize the hell out of this. And we're going like, um... You removed a bunch of crap that we needed when you you know you optimize this and that's great it's super fast but it also crashes super fast and segfaults super fast you know it, there were a bunch of things where it was like this works under runes for example had and and so by extension argo it had these issues around it was dealing with flat map it was when we were using the infix version of flat map it would compile and it would work fine. We were using it incorrectly. We were using it with something we should used with map, right? So we're using with the wrong function type. But because of a refactoring, there it's not important. But um, it it worked great in debug builds, and so we never realized. And then the second I changed the test to run in release under the release scheme, it's just like crashes all over the place. It's like that is not. That is not what you want, you know what I mean, in optimizations. But mm-hmm. so that they already have that kind of you know, they're already turning on some crazy optimizations for release builds. I have no idea what if that I don't think that answered your question at all. That's fine. I was
0: just looking <laughs> for more information.
1: I'm not I, I, I know so little about this stuff. I'm not a good compiler optimization kind of like I don't know anything about this stuff really. But uh yeah. Speaking at NS North
0: on Saturday. Oh right, you fly out tomorrow. Tomorrow
1: morning. By the time this comes out, I'll, that will be done, which will be nice. Honestly, um, so I'm talking. I'm speaking tonight at Cocoa Heads here in Boston. So, you know, there'll be in front of like 40 or so people, 40, 50, and then I'm not sure how many people are going to NS North, but it'll be more than that. So it's kind of like a nice ramp up. I think I finished it basically. I finished the talk last night. Tonight will be a good kind of like rough run through. You know what I mean? I'll try timing myself, see how, see where I come in inside the time limit. Hopefully these people, you know, people won't stop me. This Cocoaheads Boston has this really horrible habit of like interrupting speakers when they're talking. Drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, So run through it tonight fly out tomorrow morning. I'm talking on Saturday. I think right after lunch, that was the tentative time slot that I was put in. So it'll be nice to have all this over with. It's kind of been hanging over my head for like six months. (laughs) I've been like not doing other things. Like I've, I haven't like touched Haskell in like about that long just because I'm like, I don't have time. I just, I just don't have time to deal with that when I have all this other stuff I need to do. So it'll be nice to kind of let some of my other hobbies come forward. It's a good talk. I'm looking forward to it. I I think that, you know, I've gotten a bunch of help from you and Tony and Pat, um, everybody who's been on the show basically (laughs) Um, and great feedback. I think it's in a pretty good spot right now. So looking forward to doing it, you know, maybe I'll refine it after this talk and do it again sometime, assuming I don't like want to jump out a window. Well, you already
0: put so much time into it, you might as well well ride this talk for a bit.
1: Yeah, it's more of like a, I have no idea if I'm going to enjoy speaking (laughs) publicly. Like, this is easy, right? Like, we're just sitting around and talking, and it just so happens that after the fact, we send this out to a bunch of people, and then they listen to us talk. But it's totally, totally different than standing up in front of a bunch of people and doing something live, right?
0: Like, I don't sound that smart. Live. <laughs> yeah, but when it's live, it has gifts. That's true. There are gifts. I don't good. get many gifts. You know, when we were just doing this. Would you? Do you want?
1: Are you asking me to send you more gifts throughout the course of the show?
0: Can you send me one right now? <laughs> one that I've never seen before.
1: Oh yeah. Hold on. I can. I'm sure I have one that you haven't seen before.
0: I going to find it. All right. Well, while you're doing that, we'll start winding down. So we are off next week. We'll be back in two yeah, weeks. Right. Okay, keep looking. I'll I'll, I'll I'll try I'll try to wing this and do your part. All right. So show notes will be available at buildphase.fm slash eighty one. And as always, we'd like to hear from you, so email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out on Twitter at buildphase. And finally, ratings and reviews on iTunes are always greatly appreciated. Got that gif?
1: Uh have you seen this one? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that one before?
0: no that was great (laughs) it's pretty
1: good all right (laughs) do we need to do the outro again
0: (laughs) nah okay i'll talk no one's still listening at this point i'll talk to you later all right later see you